Hello and welcome to the Move Live presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Ryan Noonan joined here as always by my friends to talk sides and totals and probably some other stuff because it is Super Bowl week. Joining me here as always, Connor Allen. What's up, buddy? Yeah, not much. Excited to watch the best game of the year. You know, by far my favorite one to watch. Um, super pumped um, for that. It should be a good game. Um, have a lot of released a lot of props, a lot of off the wall stuff. Um, so I think we'll have some good discourse about the game. Clark and I agree in some areas and disagree in others. So I'm, I'm excited to get into it. Looking dapper here today. Joining us uh, here is uh, Sharp Clark. I love it, man. We got the uh, we got Colin in the shirt. We got a little suit coat action. We got the hat on, which means we're coming off of some probably some good stuff happening the weeks before. We've been by weeks. We had the week off last week. What's going on, bud? Not much. Yeah, it's been it's been a really good playoff season for me. Hoping to to cap it off with a good Super Bowl. But regardless, uh, you know, I, I get to go to the game, and I'm a Chiefs fan, so it's it's going to be a good time no matter what. Obviously, a better time if the Chiefs win. But um, I'm just happy to. I'm I'm grateful to be able to go. Yeah, excited for you to you know have to. Share some texts and some picks, and we can live vicariously through you for the game. But uh, you'll be the one guy out there. Just look for the Pat Mahomes jersey, uh, yeah. and you'll know that that's Clark. Because you know, I'm sure. Well, but you know, there's a lot of suits uh, in, in the Super Bowl, so it's not necessarily all you know. The fans, the the, the jerseys are going to be way up there. You know, you might not be yeah. that high up there, so we might we might see. You. So I might also go. I might go Jamal Charles because Ooh, you know yeah. you got to like you got to show that's hey fun. like. I'm a long-term Chiefs fan. I'm not a I'm not a bandwagon Patrick Mahomes fan, right? Like, sure. There's a chance I do that. Okay, I like it. What are you, were you going to add there, Connor? No, I was going to say you're right because like sweets are like bought by businesses or like even Christian McCaffrey family last week was like we can't afford a sweet because it's like two million dollars something like that. So, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the reviews. The food does look pretty incredible. Like we're talking about like wagyu hot dogs, even like you know like wild stuff. Uh, mm. Definitely not worth two and a half million dollars, but uh, pretty cool. Yeah, it's a Super Bowl. It's opulence, uh, Vegas Super Bowl. Like you know, it's. Uh, I wouldn't expect anything else. You know, you shave truffle on your nachos, or I'm sure all sorts of uh, stuff like that. You know, you should put all that whatever you can put gold on the rim of your you know, uh, Coors Light or whatever happens happening there. It's in Vegas. I'd expect. Uh, I'd expect all of that. So uh, this is. Typically, tell you we're going to be here every Wednesday, uh, but we're not because we, we this is it. Uh, you know, Connor and I will be back with our you know off season stuff, draft stuff comes pretty heavily. Again, subscribe to the YouTube channel here at Four for Four Bets or the podcast feed for Move the Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Again, the you know we probably take a week off, uh, but last year we like we jumped right into it. So coaching changes, off season stuff, and again the draft will be very heavy between now and the end of April. So. Subscribe to every wherever you are watching or listening. Uh, you can head over to the site 444.com and take a look at the extensive work uh, that Connor and Clark have done with some preview articles uh, breaking down this game. And, and you know, Connor's done this for years uh, and has had some success. Seven and two, Connor picking the winner. Is that correct? Seven and two, and I've never felt worse about this year. So, uh... okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Stand but... approval. Yeah. yeah, no, but I but I do feel good about my process. That's the point. Okay. Yeah, process uh, over results, but the results have been good too. But again, like regardless, you, you know, I wouldn't necessarily go there looking for the winner. You might get it, but I, just again, understanding the analysis and understanding you know, Connor does a great job unbiased of just kind of breaking down when the Chiefs have the ball, when the Niners have the ball, some of the stuff we're going to try to replicate here in the show as well. You also get a betting thoughts uh, from Clark as well in his preview of the game that is not an unbiased take, um, I will tell you, because uh, we just told you he's going to be in a Jamal Charles or Patrick Mahomes jersey for the game. Uh, and typically, you know, at times it's had Patrick Mahomes hanging up in the, you know, rafters behind him on the show. I'm just kidding. But again, Clark, it was, it was great stuff. Yeah. I I am a fan of the Chiefs, but I don't let it color my analysis. Like, I'm I haven't lost you. money betting on the Chiefs, right? I mean, I'm, actually, I'm actually up betting on the Chiefs, which is nice. But um it you know I care about money more than I do the Chiefs. <laughs> An important uh, thing to separate there. So yeah, just giving you a hard time. I mean, we we just we already called out your biases, so we know we know it's there. But again, great content over the site. Uh, I'm gonna have something for you here in the next uh, 24 hours as well. Uh, that has a slant that's uh, you know near and dear to my heart. It'll be free over on the site as well. So 444.com. Uh, and you can check out lots of great content. Again, if you want to just ride with us for the last little bit of the season, you want to, you know, get uh, all the bets, you know, again, still, what are we at? 
72, you know, 90-something hours. We we have a lot of bets still to be pumped out through our Discord, 444.com slash plans. You get the betting subscription, get you access to all that we do over there till the end of February. So you can get, you know, want to bet MMA, you want to bet some early draft stuff with us, uh, NBA, stuff like that. Really super cheap to get access and get a sense of, you know, what that subscription looks like. And you can join us for next year because that stuff is coming very, very, very soon. Uh, stick around on this channel for Prop Drop. That'll be on Friday afternoon with Connor, myself, and John Highslop, where we've been all season long. Uh, we, again, we're going to get to some props today. You want to have the whole kit and caboodle? I mean, I mean it's going to be some sort of like 45 minutes of uh, uncorrelated parlays, uh, which is, I imagine, what happened. Now, look, that worked very well last week. We hit a couple, or we hit a couple in the division round. We had the Nelson Aguilar waited until the very end of that game to give us uh, uh, under one and a half catches, 25 plus receiving yards that paid 38 to one. Personally, that made my weekend. That was all I needed. Uh, but we went to the well too with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I think it was under four and a half receptions, 40 plus receiving yards. He got there for us too. So we've had some success with those. Uh, and then obviously we know the menu for us, the Super Bowl is extensive and we will do our best to uh, try to make a, uh, profitable weekend experience for you there. So come back on Friday and join us for the prop drop. All right. Super Bowl 58 Chiefs Niners. As we record Niners, two point favorites in most spots, FanDuel two and a half uh, at minus one Oh five. There are a few books, including ESPN bet. Uh, if you happen to have access or can get down there, it's currently at minus one and a half uh, at minus minus one ten. So um, again, this will probably fluctuate. We're not going to touch three again, I don't believe. You guys can tell me if you think I'm wrong. Um, I, we imagine we probably continue to oscillate between two and a half and one and a half, but most, again, they're painted at two. Uh, total is 47 and a half across the board as well. Look, I'm just trying to think back of where we were at the start of the season. We did all of our divisional previews. Um, the path is never a straight line. Not super surprising, though, that this is where we are. Like, look ahead market. Had the Niners favorite in 16 of 17 games. Their win total got out to 11 and a half. They were one of the clear favorites all summer to come out of the NFC. The great unknown coming into the season revolved around Brock Purdy, both in terms of his health, because the guy was coming off of you know major elbow surgery, uh, and whether or not the small sample of success that we saw in 2022 would continue. It did. Uh, there were some lows, but there were a lot more highs. Uh, I think he was able to elevate the Shanahan offense to a new level, which has been really exciting to watch. Um, and the same can be said for the Chiefs. Like they were massive favorites to come out of the AFC West. They were as short as three to one to win the AFC during the preseason, lose on opening night, uh, and obviously a very public way to the Lions. And then we saw a kind of continued lack of experience in the wide receiver room. It was kind of an issue all season long. Uh, now that's kind of hard because the Chiefs are graded against other Chiefs teams. And that fair or unfair, that's kind of where we are in this Mahomes-Andy Reid era. Um, but this offense is still really one of the best in the league. It's really kind of turned it up here as the season's gone along. Rishi Rice has emerged. Um, maybe might have the ceiling as other Super Bowl Chiefs teams, but still a really good team. And look, they beat the teams that mattered in the playoffs. Miami, Buffalo, Baltimore were three of the best teams in the league all season long. Definitely three of the best in the AFC. And Patrick Mahomes. And the Chiefs handled the business. So time's a flat circle. Niners, Chiefs, here we go. Uh, Connor, give me the floor first. We'll start with the Niners have the ball. Uh, kick us off with any thoughts you have here. Yeah, I think there's a couple of different angles here that I think are pretty important. So the first one I think that I think is actually one of the most important in the entire game, and I think will actually dictate probably the game, will be the Niners' success running the ball. So, you know, that sounds kind of ridiculous because running is, you know, far less correlation to success than passing. but if we look at this Niners running game here, they have ran the ball into the teeth of the Lions defense last week and into the Packers when both teams were pass funnels. They're much worse against the pass than they are against the run. And they had, you know, reasonable success doing it, but they didn't really scheme their game plan to what we thought the weakness should be. Now we have a chance here for them to just do whatever they do best against this Chiefs running defense. That is bottom 10, basically every run defense metric and bottom or top five and basically every pass defense metric. And a couple of key points here, too. Specifically, the Niners are extremely good at zone scheme running. The Chiefs uh, have been one of the worst, 29th in, in stuff rate, 29th in uh, you know yards per carry allowed, and a variety of different factors here. So now that doesn't mean that the Chiefs can't stop the Niners running game, but then you add in the factor, too, that 
the Niners using 21 and 22 personnel. So using two running backs, essentially Kyle Juszczyk, like adding another running back in the field. They've been absolutely crushing. I mean, over averaging over five yards per carry and the Chiefs are allowing 5.2 yards per carry in those instances, instances as well. So it's one of those things that the Niners have faced stacked boxes at the highest rate in the league. And they're still the best running team in the league or top three in basically every rushing metric. So like, I think the whole, you know, idea that like the chiefs can scheme up a way to stop the Niners could be true. I'm not going to say it's not true, but I just think it's significantly easier said than done given how good the Niners have been against virtually everyone in the running game. And so I think that that if the running game is successful, that puts their passing game to be in a much better place to be able to do much more because you have the chiefs concerned about the running game, probably loading the box, probably leaving their corners on islands, which who have largely done a very good job this year. But again, with the 49ers pre-snap motion, it makes it a little bit more difficult. So I think that if the, I guess the counter is real quick is that if the Niners are not able to run the ball, they fall back into a drop back passing game. The chiefs are probably going to win by a score plus, you know, like it's just going to be a complete disaster. And so I, that's kind of my caveat there, but I think that most outcomes in my mind that I've gone through lead to the Niners running the ball well, which leads to some passing success, not always and not consistent, but some passing success from time to time. So that's my angle on the, on the Niners offense there, which I'm curious to see how that lines up with Clark. Yeah. Clark floor is yours. What do you think there? I think the smartest thing you said was at the beginning when you said it doesn't matter because you don't run to win. (laughs) (laughs) um like i'm just i'm just not that worried about it you know like yeah the 49ers probably will have some success running the ball but that's just not how you win at the highest level in the nfl so if they're going to commit to a run heavy game plan i i like that just fine as a chiefs better and as a chiefs fan um i i think that saying that the chiefs are are bad run defense relative to the pass defense is, is another way of saying that they have a much better pass defense than they do run defense and that's where i think you know, if if the successful run game translates into a successful passing game, then yes, everything clicks and everything works. But I think that's the big question, right? Is is can Purdy turn that into a successful downfield passing game? I think that Ayuk has been incredible this year, but I think Legere Sneak is the better of that matchup. Um, I think Debo Samuel is better with the ball in his hands than he is necessarily as a route runner. And so I think, uh, you know, it's going to come down to a lot of whether or not the Chiefs can tackle Debo Debo before he turns small gains into big gains, whether that's in the passing game or the run game. And then the same thing with McCaffrey. Can they, can they, you know, a successful run of six yards, fine, let's move on to the next down. But if he's turning out 20 yard runs, that's a big problem. So the chiefs all year have been really, really good at limiting those big plays. And I think they're going to continue to do that here. And that's going to force a lot of third down conversions for Purdy. And that's where I think the chiefs have a big advantage on defense is when it's third and four, third and five, third and six, third and seven. I think that's a big uh, a positive down for the Chiefs defense. And I think the way that Purdy has played in his career against these really good pass defenses uh, has really been drastically different than he's played against teams that have soft pass defenses that he can just tear apart. Um, and the fact that he's only played a handful of games in his 27-game career against these top defenses, I think, gives me some you know caution to be too optimistic about Purdy in this game. He was also a seventh round draft pick. And I think that doesn't really matter. You know, Tom Brady was a sixth or seventh round draft pick as well. Some players developed unexpectedly, but it does tell you a little bit about his physical tools. He's six foot one. He has struggled with pressure throughout his career. It just hasn't, he just hasn't been pressured that frequently. He, he is a gunslinger who's not afraid to extend the play or make a play in the face of pressure and that has worked out poorly for him many times against these good defenses. Uh, if the Chiefs can, you know, get get a hand on the ball, get a hand on him, I think he's much less resilient to that type of pressure than Patrick Mahomes is. And I think uh, those are the downs that are really going to decide the game for the 49ers offense. Yeah, and they're so hard to pinpoint, right? But that actually is the pretty difference when you think about what happens with like, hey, I can plug in. Nick Mullins, I can plug in Jimmy Garoppolo into the Shanahan system, and it's just a system. But Purdy's ability to extend plays, make plays off platform, um, create and buy himself more time has actually led to some of their best explosive plays, too. So, you know, we could pick and choose are those going to be those are the coin flip plays of the game? Um, you know, th- those end up being the broken plays that creates um, because he's aggressive, right? He is going to continue to push the ball down the field, he is. You know, he gets this game manager thing because of like, as if I don't even think that that's like a, a bad thing, but whatever, that's the term that's used. Um, as if like he's a dink and dunk quarterback, like he's still very aggressive. And yet, yeah, they 
they take advantage of like insane, consistent Shanahan driven yards after the catch. This is also a quarterback that more so than any of these other Shanahan quarterbacks steps in and does take aggressive shots down the field too. So yeah, I agree with you, Clark. Those are coin flip plays in terms of the outcome of this game, but we've seen him throw accurately on the move and be able to do that and do it really well too. So I think that's really important. We've also seen him throw across his body going the other way and thrown interceptions that way or, or plays that should have been intercepted if the defender was paying attention. And um, I, so I think it's a double-edged sword that has in his limited sample size worked out well for him. And I think, I don't think that he'll shrink from the moment. I think he's got the mental game to be, you know, the Super Bowl is not too big for him. I think he's a very, very uh, level-headed guy. Uh, but I think it's also not going to phase him away from making these dangerous plays. So, um, yeah. again, the double-edged sword that could end up deciding the game. thousand percent. Yeah, when you look at, like, turnover-worthy play rate doesn't line up with interception rate. And it doesn't always. And, again, the sample's small, right? So that's speaking to to your point. I think a little bit of the volatility that's in there that maybe hasn't trans- transferred to – turnovers maybe as much as it would probably over the course of a longer sample so we're not, uh, not just that but his sorry his turnover worthy play rate is way lower than it should be pff i don't like the way they do turnover worthy plays there's two things in particular that they don't count one is if your line if your pass gets batted at the line of scrimmage they don't call that a turnover worthy play even though it might get popped up in the air for an easy interception okay that happens to purdy he's six foot one and he's had a lot of passes batted at the line of scrimmage think about that ravens game the second mm-hmm. thing is they don't count turnover worthy plays when the quarterback gets hit as he's throwing, which again, Purdy did against the Eagles in the playoffs last year. He did it against the Lions last week. He did it against the Ravens in week 17. Like he he will throw with the pressure hitting him, and that causes turnovers that don't even show up in turnover worthy play metrics. So I think there's even a chance that he's more turnover prone than the, the, the metrics would suggest. Fair. Yeah. It's uh, also, too, to add on there, I think. We saw something from Purdy last week, almost in a sense that we hadn't really, I mean, we've seen from time to time, but like down 17 backs against the wall played, I mean, largely poorly for the entire first half offense couldn't get much going. And then just comes out, makes a couple of key plays. Some of which were very lucky, you know, again, the downfield bounce off the face mask, Ayuk, but you know, he made a couple of other good plays as well. And, you know, he was, he was scrambling, he was moving, he was making plays like a good quarterback should and so sometimes that gets him in trouble, as you've mentioned plenty of times, but sometimes he's able to he's able to do things that I think not everyone was giving giving him credit for, you know, earlier in the season. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few things here that I think are going to be super interesting um, in terms of like pre-snap stuff and, and knowing the tendencies of these teams because 49ers love to run. Well, first of all, they love to run you know, bigger formations. Um, you know, a lot of 12 personnel, a lot of 22 personnel. How does that line up? with the chiefs who love to play dime, they play dime. They have six or more DBs uh, on the field at the third highest rate in the league. Obviously that puts you in a disadvantageous uh, from a running game standpoint, from a size standpoint, like how do you kind of like manage that? Um, Obviously if you're going to be in more of a base formation, they're going to find ways to exploit mismatches because they do love to run a ton of man. They're going to find some ways to get some of the bigger body guys. You're going to get Willie Gay out there more. You're going to get Drew Tranquil out there more. How can they find ways to get them in man coverage or in coverage against, you know, McCaffrey or things like that? Or are you covering um, Kittle with uh, with Willie Gay or something like that? So those things are going to be really interesting. Now, the condensed formation thing is really good, too. I want to give a shout-out to Ben Solak. Did a great job breaking this down. Um, it kind of helps the Chiefs diagnose their blitzes better because it's obviously just easier from a quarterback standpoint when the field is spread out to understand maybe where they're coming from a little bit. Now, when everything is kind of condensed, it's easier for a defense to hide that. And we know that matters even more because we talked about it last last game when we were talking about that Ravens game, especially relevant for KC because they send second and third level rushers at the fourth highest rate in the league. That was something we talked about with like being able to contain Lamar with a little bit of you know smaller, faster players that could lead to maybe fewer rushing attempts. Um, um, they lead the league in unblocked pressure generated by blitzing. So they are going to come and they're going to come with not necessarily more than, than four, but they're going to bring guys that aren't, you're out, you aren't accounting for and aren't traditional, um, you know, down linemen. So how does Purdy handle that? Can he diagnose who that guy is like that lineman that's dropping off in the coverage? Can he get the ball out quickly? Now, again, to Clark's point, he's been really aggressive and very comfortable making plays from like a yards per attempt standpoint. 10 and a half yards per attempt versus the blitz this season. So you got to get home still. Um, so how does he handle that? 
Um, these are going to be smaller, more athletic guys when that happens too. Um, so that's, I think, a huge, huge piece of it. Does Shanahan adjust, spread out a little bit more, knowing that that's what Spags is going to do? Uh, because I think he's going to, by staying condensed, going to invite cleaner pressure a little bit more frequently, which I think is going to be a massive, massive, massive piece of this game. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's also too, like, I know, I, I know Clark is not a fan of the running game, but I, I really like, do think they like going back to it like this, the, the, if they're spread out a little bit more, like that's just like adds even more, you know, fuel, I think as well in a different way to kind of like what, uh, you know, the running game can do. Cause they, they can run out of so many different formations. And again, it, it may not matter because running the ball is normally so inefficient, but if we look at their EPA, we look at their success rate, like their EPA running the ball is as good as more than half the leagues passing the ball EPA. So it's like, they're not only just like a good running game. They're like the best by a lot and like comparable to some passing games. So, you know, I don't know, just a different way of thinking about it because normally I would agree with you, but and I just think that this is a very unique, unique team. I'll just say, I hope that they have a league average offensive performance. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Clark, floor is yours. The Chiefs have the ball. Uh, what are we looking for here? How's the matchup? And what are you uh, expecting? Yeah, I think this is not going to be easy for the Chiefs. Um, the, the 49ers defense is catching a lot of flack, but I think they're a good unit. I think that they they do the things that, you know, they're, they're not going to overcommit to blitzing. They're going to play a zone, stay in coverage. And in prior years when Mahomes has had a game breaker like Tyreek Hill um, or a, you know, Travis Kelsey in his prime, I think we can all agree Kelsey is still good, but he's definitely not in his prime. Um, I think I think Mahomes has been able to kind of dissect those defenses better, whereas this year it's been a little bit more of a struggle to find that kind of chemistry with his guys against those looks. So I think it's going to be a, similar to the second half of the Ravens game and even the first half where, you know, Mahomes is going to drop back. He's going to have some routes to look for downfield. If they're not there, which a lot of times they're not, he's going to have a, you know, a shorter route, maybe coming over the front, like over the flat, Travis Kelsey or another tight end, or maybe the running back, um, in, you know, in the other flat. He's always going to have a, a place to throw the ball, but I think it's going to be short again. I think his ADOT is going to stay low uh, as a as a way to keep the chains moving and keep the defense kind of pushing back, pushing back, pushing back. I don't think this is going to be an explosive play kind of uh, day for the Chiefs, which again, just like I said for the 49ers, is going to put a lot of pressure on those third down conversions. Uh, the difference is I think Mahomes is the best quarterback to ever play the game on third down. When, when, he, when they need a first down, he will, he will get it more often than not. He will do whatever it takes to get it. Um, and I think that's going to be kind of where this game comes down to. And, and I think with that said about both teams, I do like the Chiefs. You know, my model suggests that this should be a true pick em at plus 100 either side. And the Chiefs are getting, you know, catching plus 110, plus 115. So I, I do think there's value there. But I also like the under because I think, one, both defenses should play well. But two, if the offensive succeed, it's going to be – dink and dunk, you know, generating yards on the ground. It's going to be, you know, persistence and third down conversions and not necessarily automatically turning red zone, uh, uh, you know, opportunities into touchdowns. And I think even if the offenses overall have a pretty decent game, I think due to the number of drives and potential red zone failures, like we could end up with a low scoring game under the total, even if the offenses are good. And then there's the other way you can win it, which is just the, you know, one or two offenses don't show up that well. So um, I think I, I have a stronger lean on the under um, because of that, because I do think the 49ers defense is materially underrated, but in the end it's Patrick Mahomes. Um, and I do think that he elevates his game in the playoffs. He plays clean. He avoids mistakes. He, he, he converts those third downs and fourth downs. And I think that's going to make the difference here. Connor, Chiefs have the ball. Where are we at? Yeah. Clark brought up a good point here about the 49ers defense. So, you know, they play zone large majority of the time. They also rush for large majority of the time, like 80 plus percent. And so against that, I found that was pretty interesting. Mahomes has thrown the second most interceptions of the league at 10 interceptions. Now that's obviously a super broad range, but you're talking about 72% of his interceptions have come on 52% of his dropbacks against uh, this. So we're talking about a reasonably higher chunk. Uh, and so I think that that could be noteworthy here, especially if, um, you know, the, if the 49ers are able to make any plays on early downs and get pressure, what's interesting is like Mahomes' whole, I guess, like kind of MO throughout his career is like pressure hasn't really mattered to him all that much. And I think that's kind of reflected in the stats, like 59% completion rate under pressure against zone and four-man rush. That's still pretty good. He's like top six in the league uh, given those things. So, but it's still a little bit worse. And I think it's kind of like, 
Uh, we didn't mention it, but Brock Purdy stats are pretty similar. Like they're still really good under pressure, but they're definitely not as good. And they're like, you know, they're good relative to the rest of the league, but they're significantly, significantly worse. And so I think that that is noteworthy here. But I expect the Chiefs to have a reasonable amount of success here on the ground, especially on the edges. We have Isaiah Pacheco here. The Chiefs have done this too. So they've been playing some heavier sets and like kind of doing these sweeps. Um, Pacheco's averaging over five yards per carry on those. And the 49ers in the playoffs have allowed seven yards per carry to uh, opposing running games when they run on the outside. So tackle to, like outside the tackle, they're outside the guard. So like guard to guard, they've been relatively good. And then uh, outside the tackles, they've been playing way better. I think that matched up with what the Chiefs do too specifically because Chiefs look like they're going to be without one of their offensive guards uh, as well. And so I think they're going to see a lot of outside runs against this Niners defense, um, which could be you know very advantageous there. And so I really think this game, at least on the, the defensive side here for the Niners and offensive for the Chiefs, it's going to come down to like, can the Niners create, you know, have a sack or a turnover or, you know, a couple red zone stops? Cause I don't really see them having like consistent success here. Um, I'm also really interested to see if they play a little bit more man here or there just to throw Mahomes off. I, you know, again, I'm not like that's more of just projecting. I don't really have any reason to think that outside of they did it in the second half against the Lions a little bit after they were just like getting shredded, um, you know, tried to keep a little bit more tabs on them. But I also wonder what they're going to do with Travis Kelsey. I mean, if they don't have a plan for Travis Kelsey, like, I mean, it's just going to be Travis Kelsey running like six yard curls in between his own and like just like, you know, laying down on basically every single play. And so that's another factor, too. But overall, like I think I agree with Clark in the sense that the under is probably the right move here because we already talked about the Niners running the ball probably well. That leads to a slower pace game. Like I don't see them, you know, just ripping the ball downfield like we've seen from Purdy and the Niners at some point. Same with the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs don't really have, you know, that guy anymore. Like Rasheed Rice has been absolutely dominating on yak and screens. And Kelsey has been just like a pretty solid presence in the middle, but um, you know, like they don't have that downfield Tyree kill. Like they're just have MBS running wind sprints and a couple of, you know, catches here and there. Justin Watson is like, I mean, basically the same thing at this, at this point, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, my, my guy, Justin Watson. Um, but yeah, so I have this lean slightly towards the Niners, but again, I mean, it's like one of my lowest <laughs> conviction plays and it's something that I bet just because of based on, you know, my analysis and having some skin in the game and what I believe. Um, but I think some, there's some better props to it. One that I thought was interesting that I think we might all be interested in would be like over one and a half interceptions is plus money total in the game. Something that I haven't officially released yet, but I'm definitely considering too. So I don't know, some, some fun takes there. Yeah. The, uh, these are like two of the best offensively minded head coaches in the league in terms of like scheme and things like that. They all are also like, especially in bigger moments, a little conservative. And that also is another reason to lean under in the game too, I, I could see some spots where, especially early, um, like all right, we're gonna take the points, you know, roll out the kicker. Um, so that obviously, you know, when with the way the Chiefs have been playing, these longer sustained drives, eating up more time, fewer explosives, like that is death kneel to an over bet is just this like eight minute drive that ends with a, a field goal attempt, even a make or miss. Um, you're you're holding an over ticket, and you are just chasing for for the rest of the game. Um, I want to touch on that running game stuff again with the Chiefs because I think this is going to be extremely interesting. Connor did a great job breaking it down, but some you know more nuggets there. The Chiefs have shifted a little bit, and I don't know if this has just been matchup specific, if they've just been like, yeah, we don't want to mess around with having three receiver sets with MVS and, and Justin Watson. Let's let's go 13. Let's bring out the big dogs, Kelsey, Noah Gray, Blake Bell, um, and they could be multiple out of it. Like when they run 13. Uh, which they did 7% of the time during the regular season. In the playoffs, it's up to 19%. Now, again, 19% is not a lot, but that's a massive, massive jump. Um, they still, regardless of whatever their formation is, it's the Chiefs, so their, their pass rate over expectation is high because they're going to throw. They're running a lot, obviously, out of 13. Now, what happens when this teams typically are in this type of formation? What the Bills did, uh, what the Ravens did, is they drop a fifth lineman, down on the defensive line to account for it. Um, this is like <laughs> the Niners refuse to do this. Um, they just they just don't do it. They've played over 1,100 snaps this season. They have used five down linemen on nine snaps. They play six or seven in the box, um, mostly six. Um, they rarely bring a safety down in the box. They like you know again. This is I bet a lot of, of tackles. Uh, you know, looking at safety rates for you know box safety rates. Uh, matter a lot in terms of those things. Like they keep their two safeties back very, very often. 
Um, so this is a light box team, and that's been part of the problem and why they've been able to get caught because it puts a lot of pressure on two of the best linebackers in the game. Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw are fantastic. They can cover, they play the run, all those things. But they are very aggressive. They love to shoot the gap. Um, that's was a big, big part of that. Uh, you know that JMO sweep run early uh, when you have that big formation again. That was a thirteen like jumbo tight condensed formation that the uh, the Lions ran there. Play action to the left, basically. You know, fake to to Montgomery and a little pitch to the JMO that puts a ton of a pressure because you have the the ends come in really aggressive too. So Pacheco longest is are very interesting to me. Um, like both running backs in terms of like non quarterback MVP options. I know they're not like sexy and like massive double digit, huge numbers and stuff like that. But like there's a path um, to, I think both these running backs being massively impactful in this game uh, to both keys to victory for these teams. So I think it's going to create some opportunities some massive lanes for Pacheco. We saw this, like he had some big, big runs against the Jets this season when they played. Now the Jets are really good defense. Where does Robert Sala come from? He comes with the Niners. Doesn't use five-man fronts, uh, regardless of what the other team is doing. So I think that's going to create a lot of big plays or opportunities for big plays for Pacheco, who also is fantastic at creating missed tackles. So both these teams are going to have to tackle in space. And uh, I think it's going to be a massive, massive cue to the game as well. So, yeah. Um, I mean, when we had that Niners Ravens game, I was like, man, I love that the Ravens won that game. I wanted the Niners less than three against any of these AFC teams. And I'm way less, like, I'm way less confident right now that that's the case. We have it. Um, you know, I was with Clark last week. I wanted, I didn't want anything to do with the Ravens. I loved Mahomes in that spot. I'm kind of paralyzed. I, I, I lean under. I think it's probably my favorite play of the game. Still kind of lean Niners. I haven't gone to the window yet because I'm not afraid of at this point, nothing's getting away from me, but uh, probably lean Niners. But I don't know, man, that's, it's going to be a terrifying watch having, uh, again, I know it's like the lazy answer, like, but like giving Mahomes points uh, is uh, it's tough. It's tough. And I was glad that I wasn't on that side. Uh, you know, Connor and some other friends were over uh, for that, that game. And, you know, as they were like bemoaning, I didn't want to celebrate, but I was like, I told you guys I didn't want anything to do with that. So like, yeah, I, I don't know what to do this time. I don't know what to do, guys. Yeah, that was such a painful. You, you know game. what to do. It's Patch my house. <laughs> I know. Oh, I, know. Man. I I do struggle. I'm, I know Clark is going to hate this take, but I do struggle with the fact that this Chiefs offense was like just so average slash above, like slightly above average for like 19 weeks, and then they played yeah. against two overrated slash six people injured per team defenses and then played well for a half against the Ravens. And now they're just awesome. You know, they're just like the chiefs. Like it's just, we're you're, back. you're so, you're so wrong on so many levels with that. whole. I don't <laughs> oh know. man. What, what do you, okay. So where, where am I wrong? Tell me where I'm wrong. Right, one. They, yeah. They, they weren't at, they weren't ever average. Like, okay. Yeah, maybe they definitely you, were. You, you want to like, you have to look at the things that happen and think about whether they're predictive. Like, the the amount of key drops that Mahomes has had this year, the the drops that turn into interceptions and pick sixes, you know, that change the outcome of games, plays getting overturned, like all these things really add up. Like look at Purdy's drop rate versus Mahomes' drop rate. It's literally like the worst in the league versus the best in the league. So that's one thing. They 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 really struggled against the Raiders on Christmas. And I think everyone just panicked and shit the bed because of that. And that was a truly bad performance. Like I I'll give you that. But that was one game out of a whole season. I don't think that they were, you know, I grade every snap. They were never below a top five offense for me. So that's one. Really? Two. Never below a top five offense? Wow. Yeah. Two. The the Dolphins and the Bills, people are like, oh, well, they were so banged up. Like, that doesn't even really count. But, like, teams get banged up all the time. Like, I get it. I get it. They weren't at full strength. But, like, if you watch that game, you can't tell me that Mahomes, speaking of the Bills game in particular, you can't tell me that that wasn't one of Mahomes' best games of his entire career. Like he was dialed in and it, and it wasn't just, oh, you know, like this is so easy. It was like, you know, precision passes, decision-making, anticipation, everything. Against Miami, you know, they were playing in such cold weather that Tua was basically just a wet noodle out there and Mahomes tore it up. Like, yeah, okay, again, the Dolphins were banged up, but Players get banged up in the NFL. And then the Ravens, they absolutely crushed them in the first half. Should have had 21 points against the best defense we've seen all year. And then in the second half, they didn't play poorly. They took care of the ball. They they drained the clock. They moved the ball down the field and pinned them at the one. 
And that was a that was a success. Anytime the game was in doubt, they made the play they needed to. When they got the ball back, only up seven, they converted the third down to MBS. It was like they did everything they had to do on offense to win that game. And it wasn't flashy, but it didn't have to be. The Ravens defense was playing incredibly well. And Mahomes took everything they gave him, which wasn't much. So I disagree with everything you just said. And I think the, the Chiefs <laughs> offense is okay. just fine. So a couple couple counterpoints here. I think we'll just agree to disagree on the Dolphins and Bills because I think yeah. that it matters a little bit more than you do. A couple other games here. So Raiders game, you obviously mentioned. Bills game, they could have won. You know, that, that was the whole Travis Kelsey, Tony thing. But again, talking about 24 points against a healthier defense, but whatever, 24 points if they had scored that. They played Good poorly bill. against the Packers. They played poorly against the Eagles. They played poorly against the Broncos twice. You don't agree with any of that? No, they didn't play poorly against the Packers. They just had so few opportunities. They played poorly on defense. Uh, but offensively, look at the you know, you know where uh, the Packers uh, head coach came from? Uh, Shanahan? Yeah. Just just, <laughs> just a little nugget there, you know, like a little extra tidbit that I was thinking about this week that, I, that someone saw. And I was like, man, that kind of makes a little sense. They don't really operate fully the same, but just a couple of schematic similarities. So, okay, Packers game. They had the ball. <laughs> We're going to talk about this. This is they great. We ball. need one little final riff here, you know. They had the ball twice in the first half and had a 13-play 60-yard field goal drive and a 14-play 59-yard field goal yard drive, and then it was halftime. Um, and then they had a 9-play 75-yard touchdown drive, an 11-play 66-yard touchdown drive, and then they had a punt and an interception, and the game was over. And so, like, yeah, they could the Packers on a great defense, but – Looking at the final score and saying, well, they only scored 19 points, you have to look at the context. One of the things the Chiefs have done all year is slow the game down and reduce the number of possessions. But what matters is your per-possession efficiency. And, and if you look at drive metrics, the Chiefs actually haven't been that bad, especially when you account for the amount of times that they've lost drives based on drops or things like that that are outside their control. Yeah. But hey, uh, I, I, know, mean, I, I get what you're saying. Whatever metrics but... have made the Chiefs underdogs against the Bills and the Ravens and now the 49ers, I will take it. Chiefs win outright 30 to 13. Right. It's not even close. Oh, See, you're on, I mean, you're on a roll right now. Your, your money is winning. So, I mean, I can't even argue against that. You're, you know, Mahomes has been playing awesome. So it's, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a good run. Um, I'm excited to see the Niners win. I'll, my final prediction, 24, 20. Um, but again, close. Not super convicted, but I do think there are holes on both sides. I'd be, I'd be fine with that. My my Niners futures would win, and I'd win the under. Yeah, that yeah, would be good. I feel like the under. The more that we talk, the feel like the more that I feel like I should probably be betting more on the under here. To be honest. Also today, I bet the under in the fourth quarter under thirteen and a half points plus one hundred five at Caesars. The the angle on that is kind of what I think Noonan brought it up about how conservative both Andy Reid and Shanahan are with the lead. I, it really doesn't matter who's winning the game. Like, I think they're going to bleed the shit out of the clock in the fourth quarter, right? And I think that whichever team is losing probably ran into some issues with the matchup that are going to be tough to overcome in-game. You know, like, if the Chiefs are losing, it's because they haven't been able to overcome the 49ers' zone coverage. And I think that's going to prevent big plays in comeback mode. And then the other side, if the, if the 49ers are losing, I don't like a one-dimensional Niners offense with Purdy. You know, so this is a it's sort of two-sided. I don't know who's going to be winning heading into the fourth quarter, but either one, I like the fourth quarter under. I think Barry Horse has played Chiefs second half unders when they're winning, like, I don't even know, like every single game, and they just win like every single time. Like it's literally like, because their defense in the second half has just been unbelievably good. Like teams can't move the ball at all. The Chiefs get ahead. They drain the clock. Like nothing, like these teams can't move the ball at all. Now, I don't know. I mean, maybe I think that might be a super sharp angle there. I don't even know if they what's what the second half under is in general, but um, especially if the Chiefs are leading, that could be something to look out for live too. Yeah, although if I remember right, they opened up the second half against the Ravens with like a deep shot that didn't connect, <laughs> which I thought was you know like and and so you know you look at the numbers and you're like, well, they didn't do anything in the second half. They're conservative, but it wasn't necessarily hyper conservative the whole time. It's just they didn't connect on that. You know, you even that does to your point that that does just enough, especially if your intention is to yeah. melt the clock in the second half, not melt the clock because you get to play football, you get to play, make you're trying to make winning plays and and explosive stills. They but it's still, like, you want to come out, yeah. yeah, but you want to come out and at least stretch them, at least tell them that hey, you need to still cover and we're going to threaten deep down the fields just to kind of soften it up and know that we're just going to continue to to jab you underneath, you know, Pacheco. 
Kelsey in space, all those things. Like even the incompletion obviously doesn't have the, you know, EPA that, you know, it would if it being completed. I still think that there's a win by just even making that effort yeah, down the totally. field. So yeah, that's, that's part of it too. So yeah, there's definitely going to be, a, you know, it's the Super Bowl. There's going to be live lines anyway. And I think that these are some really good angles because I think that that makes sense too. The part two is like strength on strength when the Niners have the ball. Cause this Chiefs defense is, I mean, it's the best of the Andy Reid era. They've been doing it without turning teams over. Like when you look at like just, you know, yards per drive, points per drive, the drive efficiency metrics that Clark's talking about. This is a team that is just lining up and beating people, not resting on high EPA due to turnovers or anything like that. They are just, we're going to play a lot of man too. And we're just going to act like we're going to beat you playing man. That's hard to do. So I'm very interested to see in terms of like positional groups, like I talked about, like I think that that is going to be very, very interesting to watch in terms of like number of DBs on the field and some of that stuff and allows, again, that's where the Niners have an advantage in terms of their ability to be multiple out of those formations because use check, you can do more stuff with, you can do more stuff too with kid. Like those types of things are, are really, really interesting. So yeah, it's, it's, I lean under, I'd probably say 23, 20 Niners. Uh, I have not, I have not, uh, I've not bet that I've not been aside uh, on this game yet, but again, I, part of it is like what Connor was saying. I, I felt really strong about that take when it happened, the Ravens knocked off the Niners. I really wanted the opportunity to go back to the well in the Niners to win it. Cause I thought front to back, they're the best team in the league. Um, we have it. And I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment um, on the Mahomes lore and magic, what I, which I believe and buy into. He is, he is unbelievable. He elevates, he does things that, aren't captioning the numbers and the numbers are fantastic. It's so not, like, it's not, it's not the moment when it's six years. <laughs> I agree. That's fair. Like, look, that's dude, fair. I'm, I, you know, part of my, part of my thing, we talked about it the other day. Like I'm the biggest Tom Brady stand that there is. I named my son after the man, right? He sits right here over my shoulder. Uh, but I still like, I'm not an anti Mahomes because I want Brady to hold on to the goat title. Now Brady beat Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Mahomes will never be able to beat Brady in the Super Bowl. Uh, but like, I still, want to see greatness be great. So like, I am not anti Mahomes because there's some sort of like Brady Mahomes thing. I, I want to see great happen. Mahomes is great. Um, but I think this Niners team is great too. And what I talked about is like, I want to see too. I don't love the Shanahan narrative, like that he can't get over the hump in the big games. He obviously was the, not the head coach, but the offensive coordinator when the, gosh, their balls went into their stomach. Uh, when the Falcons were up 28, three against the Patriots, um, there's definitely some Shanahan ties to that. His hands have that on it. Uh, there's been some disappointment in the past years with some really good Niners teams not being able to get over the hump. For his sake, I also want him to be able to have one of these moments too. So that's also part of it is that, you know, I think this is an all-time coach in terms of his brain and how he's elevated in, in elevated football game that I love to watch. And I would love to see him be able to, you know, hoist the Super Bowl title as well. And you never know how many times he's going to get back there. I believe Andy Reid, if he doesn't hang it up, probably gets back again with Patrick Mahomes. So uh, yeah, who knows what happens best. to the Niners post Purdy and what happens Sally crap wise. Yeah. This is the best uh, 49ers squad that Shanahan's had and the best quarterback that Shanahan's had. So I think that, you know, it's, it's kind of now or never. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, some, some props or whatever else you guys want to talk about here before we wrap. Yeah, no, we can, we can go into props. I was going to, I was going to piss Clark off a little bit more with another Super Bowl comparison with the chiefs, but um, no, we'll, let's do uh, it. We got time. Go for it. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, so initially I had this typed up and I deleted it in my article because I thought that the comparisons were too loose and that I was going to get too much shit for it. So because when I'm typing this up, I'm like, man, what team rushed for, played a lot of zone, got pressure on Mahomes, and they absolutely shelled the Chiefs, the Bucks against the Chiefs in the, the game. Then I'm like thinking back, I'm like, well, Mahomes got hurt in the first playoff games. So we couldn't move. And they had their running game was like non-existent. So like, there's a lot of different. Lost so much like, money okay. in that game. <laughs> oh god! They, I mean, they, I just also, kept... they also lost Eric Fisher. Like they, they were. Yeah, but they, they had no Ty, they had prime Tyreek and prime Kelsey. Like I mean, this was like the nuts, like a, a like you know pass catcher. But I don't know. It was a complete disaster. They had no offensive line. They would. They had three starting offensive linemen off that game, and and not yeah. just that, but like one of the things that gets misrepresented about that game is Mahomes played a hell of a game, in my opinion. Like. Early on, there were some passes that were dropped by receivers that just killed drives. That was the first thing. And then as the game got stretched on and on, he was getting insta-pressured on every drop back, and he was running around and still making plays happen. And his receivers kept dropping them. And it was like, 
he did everything he possibly could to win that game. And I, I just think the narrative coming out of Brady beat Mahomes is so bullshit because the, the Bucks <laughs> the Bucks defense they ran the ball. The Bucks defense beat Mahomes. Brady did jack shit in that game. He had like yeah. three short fields that he turned into touchdowns. That was the only touchdown drives in the game. The the Bucks defense did the job. The Chiefs had no offensive line. The Chiefs receivers sucked that game. I'm not worried. Also, Mahomes has improved as a player since then. So basically, since his loss to the Bengals the following year in the, or I guess it was two years later uh, in the AFC Championship game, the overtime game, that was his worst playoff game in my opinion. Like legitimately, Mahomes played poorly, not his receivers. And he went, it's like he went home that day and just decided like he's never going to lose another playoff game. And his mindset has like shifted. So I, I think, you know, we'll, we'll see. But I just don't think that the 2020 Bucks Super Bowl has anything to do with this one. Yeah, no, no, yeah. That's and that's that's why I deleted it. You know, that's why I was like, oh, maybe I'll get him a little riled up because I was like, more like, yeah, it's, it's kind of loose. You know, I'm like, there's the, the Chiefs are just like a way more robust running game. Like, you know, they have a better offensive line, even with Joe Tunia. Like, um, also legit. And- Legit, someone made that comparison last year to me on Twitter and said, this Eagles team is just like the Bucks team. To, and I was just, I laughed at him before the game. And then sure enough, Chiefs put up 38. Yeah, no, that was, see, that's what I like. I felt really good about the Chiefs last year. I was like, oh man, this Eagles team defense is the biggest bunch of frauds I've ever seen in my life. Like they're so average, it hurts against anyone good. And this year I just don't really have that much conviction. In yeah, something the Niners like are good. Yeah. Goat didn't do anything in that game except win the Super Bowl MVP, Clark. So careful, careful. <laughs> did he win Super Bowl MVP? He did, right? Yeah, it was, he did. Yeah, that London. was my hedge. With my hedge, I didn't. It wasn't <laughs> nearly enough to cover pregame or live in-game betting because it was just like, oh, let's just now we got a live bet the Chiefs again. And it was like another Bucks touchdown. I was like, oh, we got a live bet the Chiefs again. And it's like, oh, that was that was an expensive day. So yeah, that sucked. Uh, I'm bitter because I played the the team total under on the Bucks and like. My handicap was totally right on, but just too many possessions and too many short fields. Yeah, didn't, didn't matter. Like I said, we're going to do a lot of the heavy lifting in the prop section on Friday's show. So again, subscribe uh, wherever you're listening or watching. We appreciate it. Uh, we can talk a few here. Is, you know, whatever you want to do. But, I mean, the pro, I don't want to limit the prop, you know, silo props because, you know, there's everything is just so convoluted like do whatever you want talk about whatever you want i know we push some plays out connor i don't know if you know some stuff that you have that's still live clark whatever you have too most of my stuff i've still been holding on to uh as long as you know people that i see you know try to put it out there i'm gonna hold on to it but hey whatever yeah. at this point like it's we're 12 days in this these prop markets have, were like boom monday morning after the conference championship game like full so there was no waiting no tiptoeing in that's on me so uh connor what do you got well, the, the sad part was that all the pro- regular prop lines opened up and I was like, man, these are all like pretty efficient for the most part. So, yeah. I mean, there's obviously a couple ones here. I think I've played two regular prop lines out of like the eight or whatever that I've released. I've played four special teams props. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's getting a little wild in these streets, but I think there's an edge in some of those. So it's kind of it's kind of fun. Um, so I think a fun one here, like a, I don't know, kind of unique one, I think is the Chiefs have more punt return yards than the Niners or Richie James more re- re- return yards or longest return than Ray Ray McLeod. There's a couple of different iterations across a couple of different books. Um, but basically the Niners haven't like Ray Ray McLeod has not returned a single punt. Uh, like he has just fair caught or left every single punt in the playoffs so far. Um, even after their, like it was like their, their buy or something like that. It was the last nine games. He only returned nine, uh, nine total punts, like scaled it way back. He was returning like two a game in the first six games of the season. Then they scaled it way back. And I think that has to do more with like how conservative they are on like just making sure their offense is every possession, not really concerned about like squeezing the juice out of receipt return yards. So, um, whereas the chiefs are just, they let Richie James cook, man. I mean, like the whole Tony stuff is kind of overblown. I don't think he's going to play, but Richie James returned a punt in almost every game that he's played in basically. So it's, uh, it's, it, it's been pretty solid. So I think that he'll, you know, again, like I think legit one yard could win, uh, like a prop for Richie James over Ray McLeod. So hmm. I don't know. It's kind of, I think it's a kind of a fun angle. That's not like fully baked into the market yet. Yeah, and Travis, uh, one of our subscribers in our Discord, I think touched on some of that. And I thought it was a good point. Like, you know, these normal basic prop markets, the ones that we get week in and week out, are as efficient as as ever. And definitely now that they've been, you know, matured over the course of a week plus. But some of these other ones that are like Connor's point, like they're 
derivatives definitely not unique like angles but they're just harder for books to properly price or account for if you're doing some work and some research so these are some stuff that like yeah it's not we're not talking about Gatorade color we're not talking about heads or tails we're not talking about anything like that we're talking about like actual game level stuff like that and I think that's really good research by Connor there uh Clark what do you got um I like you know sack props that are you know under sacks on Mahomes sacks taken whatever I, I butchered <laughs> the phrasing um the problem is they've been they've been steamed up like I hit them all at open and now they're like really really steamed so I, I can't even recommend at current prices um but I think uh at the same token interception props haven't quite been steamed up as much so there's a there's different ways to play it there's pretty throws an interception uh, you can get for like minus 115 uh FanDuel there's Mahomes doesn't throw an interception uh you can get minus 115 at FanDuel as well uh, also also at DK um and then there's other, another way you can play it is is Purdy throws more interceptions than Mahomes um <clears throat> basically just a two-way handicap of Mahomes is turned into a game manager ironically uh because of what people say about Purdy but Mahomes does not make mistakes especially in the playoffs he avoids negative plays he hasn't had a single turnover worthy play this this playoff run even against the Ravens um, he is very, very good at taking what the defense gives and not putting the ball in harm's way. And I think Purdy is much more quietly a gunslinger than people uh, recognize. And his his splits against good defenses are pretty significant. So uh, he puts the ball in danger much more against good defenses. And I think, um, you know, c- kind of going with my handicap of the Chiefs having success here, I think that he could be in a game script where he has to pass the ball a lot. So I like I like Purdy, yes, interception, Mahomes, no interception, or Purdy, more interceptions than Mahomes. There's right. some good prices on Purdy, like one and a half, two. I think it was like plus 400, plus 500. I mean, yeah, I think four to one or better on, on Purdy, two or more interceptions is good. Because um, he does, I mean, he had four against Baltimore, right? And they were, none of them were fluky. Like the first one was a just a bad throw, didn't see the defender. Second one was a tipped pass up in the air and then intercepted. Third was uh, he was throwing across his body after escaping pressure and it got tipped by the defender on the guy and then intercepted. And the fourth was getting hit as he threw interception. Like these are things that happen to Purdy. It's not a, it's not a shocker that he would, you know, have multiple turnovers and he's not going to be afraid of like, you know, he's not going to shrink in the moment and play, uh, you know, Mr. Game Manager. It's just not how he views himself. He, when he sees the, the, you know, the defense react, he reads the safety and he just, he fires the pass. Like that's what he does. That's why he's so good in Shanahan's offense point and shoot. Uh, but I do think that it, it opens himself up to some mistakes. How do we manage on a week to week basis? Talk about six games in about 55 to 60 minutes. Well, uh, Connor doesn't talk shit about the best player in the league. That's, that's why I talk. There was like a 20 minute. If we if were doing still time steps, it's like 20 minutes. Connor talking shit to Clark about moms. That's literally what that is. <laughs> Uh, one I gave out to uh, subscribers yesterday. <laughs> it's still plus money. Uh, it's moved a little bit, but uh, it was. You know, this is hey, this is Super Bowl. Uh, this is on DraftKings specifically. Uh, direction of McCaffrey's first rush um, left is plus money still. Um, I played plus one thirty five to the left. The Niners lead the league in rushing attempts to the left side of the field. Um, the handicap is not super complicated. It's Trent Williams, a run by Trent Williams. Like I, I don't have more to say other than like they lead the league in doing that. And Trent Williams is over there. So um, a couple other pieces of it that I think are interesting. Um, so like CMC's first rushing attempt is lined three and a half under is juiced to minus one twenty five. Um, you can do left four or fewer at plus two seventy five, uh, which I think is a, definitely a better way to play. On which again, the books are telling you under three and a half. Um, if you think he's going to have like a splash play left five to nine, they give you the bands uh, five to nine is eight to one uh, and 10 plus is nine to one. So again, just we're taking out, you know, middle and the, the right side of the field, first rush to the left. Again, they lead the league. Uh, there are lots of different ways to play it, but um, I would expect and again, that's when you get to cash right away and you get to enjoy the rest of the game. You know, like it's almost like the uh, national anthem of the coin toss, but you know, in the game, you know, you have to, you don't have to sweat that one very long. Did, um, have you been able to look at like, which, like what the rate was without Trent Williams or without him for like a couple of games? Cause there are a couple of games without him. And I'm, I'm assuming he's the reason why they ran left, but I was, I'd be curious. It's a really good um, question. I did not. Yeah. 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 A- anecdotally, 
like don't don't quote me on this but i feel like i remember <laughs> not changing anything and being surprised by it like very possible like, i feel like it's like why don't I left with trent out you know um it may have just been anecdote like they had bad runs that really stuck out um shanahan's pretty stubborn and and his play calling like he is he's very. Not, not he's not one to be like let's adjust <laughs> this playoff Go. proved that more than anything i feel like you yeah. know that was just, i mean crazy almost cost him yeah. twice uh, one other one that I put out before we go, just to get your guys' thoughts on this one, which is, you know, probably a little bit more. I want to do a little bit more work on it, but I saw it today and I thought it was interesting. Let me down the wormhole to at least take a look. Um, now, league average time of possession per drive is two minutes and 43 seconds. Um, no team is, uh, you know, as close to three. Uh, both San Francisco and Kansas City, less than three. On the season, we've seen this historical trend outside of last year where we had like, you know, both teams scored in the first quarter. We've seen some slower starts in Super Bowls historically. Um, last year, uh, you had five of the first six drives have a time of possession. The, the five of the first six drives, the time of possession was under three minutes. Uh, on DraftKings, you can get time of first possession under three minutes and 15 seconds at minus 110. So, um, yeah, I haven't looked at historical rates. I don't even know how normal, like what that's probably really noisy. Is that like what anyway. one first down, one and a half, two first downs? Probably no, you can get a first down and still come under, depending on if you're you know passing how right. early in the in the sets you get a first down, and that's you know, what are you doing after in terms of you know passes incomplete, things like that. So um interesting. Like I said, last year's Super Bowl, five of the first six drives, even with completions, even with first downs, went under this number. So uh, something I want to do a little bit more research between now in game time. So that was a, uh, an interesting one that I thought, again, something we don't typically get, uh, but you know, reasons to, uh, to do a little bit more homework in, in terms of those things, but yeah, league average is two forty three. Makes me kind of interested in the, you know, the under first score under six and a half minutes or whatever they usually line that at. It's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is there going to be a score in the first two drives? <laughs> yeah. That's why the menu is fantastic. You know I mean? It is, a, it's, it's the Super Bowl. So it's fun. It's fun to analyze. All right. I think that wraps us up for here again. Reminder, Friday, prop show. Uh, but uh, anything in closing here? Uh, Connor, I'll let you go first. You got anything for the people? Yeah. I mean, so as many of you know, you know, Clark uh, is taking a you know, step away slash towards professional betting. Uh, and just wanted to give him a massive shout out. Um, done, has done an awesome job all year. It's been great working with him. Always consistently brings opinions that are different than mine and Noonan's. And I, I really appreciate that because it keeps us both in check. And, you know, oftentimes uh, he's been way more right than wrong, I think. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. So there's always these times where I think I'm like, what would Clark think? So I'm looking to stay forward to staying in touch next year and, you know, like kind of, you know, bouncing my opinions off yours. Cause I'm sure I'll get uh, different ones. Yeah. It's been a journey. It's been a good year. I appreciate you guys having me on and I've had a lot of fun breaking down the games with you guys. So um, I much appreciate you guys. Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, first of all, the guy goes, uh, you know, headfirst into the most efficient market in sports betting um, has been profitable, whatever, you you know, the trolls want to say, I think it's tracked, it's public, it's, it's been profitable uh, for two years with us at 4 for 4, is fantastic. Uh, again, like, you're, you're really missing the forest uh, through the trees if you still can't, you get hung up in, in wins and losses on a week-to-week basis and don't think that you – can learn and become a smarter uh, ball knower by listening or reading Clark. Um, I think that that happened for me. Um, and it was, I think Connor feels the same. I think we both felt that we were pretty strong ball knowers before uh, joining forces with Clark, but I feel like, uh, you know, I'm going to miss talking to him weekly here in this spot. I still plan on talking to him weekly and bothering him, even though he's not going to be joining us here. It's been a massive addition and value add to our subscribers at 4 for 4, especially in the Discord. And I think you'll still maybe see his face poking around in there. Again, you might not get to some of those like, you know, Sunday night, Monday openers and stuff like that from Clark. Uh, but again, he'll still be able to uh, be around and won't be leaving us. But again, yeah, I want to say uh, from the team, uh, thank you. And we've appreciated it. And it's been a fantastic journey and wish you the best of luck moving forward. And uh, yeah, you're going to keep killing it. I know you are. He's frozen. It's the way to go out. And he froze. Look at this. This is how. Uh, this is how. Oh, he's back. He's back. Of, oh, okay. I said I appreciate you guys. That was what I was trying to say. 
It's resembling to the show. We've had we've battled through technology issues from mine, Noonan. I think it's finally Clark's turn to have uh have a turn, yeah. uh some technology issues. So no better time than now. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh we appreciate you in the chat too. Make sure you again you subscribe or you know hit us with a thumbs up, comments, all those things before you leave. And again, come back on Friday uh for the prop show. And again, yeah, the offseason's coming, but the offseason doesn't really exist for us. There's still football news, there's football, uh, there are bets to be made. The you know, draft market is definitely one of our favorites to attack. Hopefully it is uh, more robust and lucrative than last year, which last year they were a little slow to play. But again, Fandle's already got some stuff out uh, right now. So like we've, that's, I'm encouraged that maybe we have some more stuff out. Uh, again, maybe having less ambiguity at the top of the draft is maybe going to help encourage them to be a little bit more aggressive sooner than later. So, uh, But that wraps us up for now again. Uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Subscribe to 444 Bets on the YouTube channel and come back and see us on Friday. So for Connor, Everett Clark for the last time, I'm Ryan. We'll see you all next time. Thanks, everybody.